Welcome to Bean Stuff. Today, where are we today, Dad? We're at Flag and Wire. Flag and Wire with Nick Walton. Yeah. There. Hey, we are, this is your second guest on the show. So Nick is uh, is it the co-owner of Fire or the yep. co-owner of Flag and Wire? You're also roasting here. I, ro I roast here. Yep. Roast here. And I would just like to say, for anyone listening, this is this is a really cool space. It I is, I really like it a lot. But how did you two meet? Because this is the first time I've met you. How do we, we... We were talking about that earlier, and we're not quite sure, actually. Yeah. But we know we like each other, which is really cool. And there's, there's links with other people and all that, but we've had some good time together, I believe. But yeah. I'm not sure how when it started. How long have you guys known each other? Ooh. Four years. Yeah, I'd say four or five years. Four, four or five years. Yeah. Well, and I would like to say I was snooping on, on Flying Wire's Instagram That's today. That's hardly snooping. <laughs> thank, <laughs> <But> thank you. <laughs> well, so today, is it your five-year anniversary? It's right in here. We were, having a, we were having a little bit of an internal debate. I know <laughs> that August 10th, 2013 was the first time I fired up the espresso machine, so I'm looking at that as the, yeah. uh, as the uh, anniversary, but it... Some some of us on the staff feel like maybe it was the 11th and somebody said the 19th, so it was right in here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. The month of August. The, mug, the month of August. Do you remember sure. what the first espresso tasted like? Uh, I remember what the first espresso was. It yes. was a blend. We were. Mm. It was a blend we used to work on called ro uh, called uh, Red Tail. It was Red mm, Tail. Nice. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Nick, do you want to? I guess uh, I'm curious. So, is is Flag and Wire? Is this your first roaster? Because it's a roastery and a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Kind of together. Is this your first, I guess, can you talk a little bit about your business? Is this your first one or? Yeah. So um, this, this is not the first business name that we've had. <laughs> so uh, uh, a little bit of about me or about, you know, how we started. I got started in coffee in the late nineties with a guy who uh, roasted coffee on a hobby basis. That became a coffee roasting company that mm -hmm. was initially we were called morning glory and then we went through a couple of other iterations and then eventually it was it was uh, it was mud river coffee roasting and that's that was the bulk of it and then uh and then uh again fast forwarding many details lots of years later i we bought the company wow and that was my wife that's my wife and i when i say yes. we it's that's the royal we it's kim and i okay. and we bought the company in 2009 mm. and so when we bought it's it's I, yeah, it sort of leapfrogs around when we bought the the, the, the roasting company, Mud River, we already were, were, were part owners and operating. We were the operating partners at a coffee shop that used Mud River Coffee. Mm -hmm. So then we owned both, and then we sold the coffee shop, and then we were just roasters. And, you know, then we, uh, I'll be really honest with you, Mud River is, was not my, it just wasn't my name. It wasn't something that mm -hmm. we came up with when we opened our coffee shop. We called that something else, and then eventually we rebranded the entire company, Flag and Wire. Yeah. And flag and wire. I like yeah. that name. Yeah. And is there a reason for flag and wire? There is a reason for God, flag and wire. God. Thanks <laughs> for telling me. Thanks for asking that question. <laughs> we are, my wife and I, Kim and I, are first generation entrepreneurs. We ha both have awesome parents who are awesome people, but are not necessarily entrepreneurs. And so when, you know, getting, at the deeper we got into this doing business, the more, um, the more it felt like we were kind of two steps forward and one and three quarters back. You know, we experienced a lot of failure. We still experience failure. I mean, I think that's healthy and fairly normal, but mm -hmm. in the beginning especially, we experienced a lot. So there's a poem that I remember from when I was a kid. It was, it was, it was like, it was stuck to the wall, you know, it was glued to the wall 
uh, at a friend's house, some sort of some mentors when I was growing up, and it said, the poem said, life's good things all come from hard pounding. The butter is whipped from cream. Success is the bride of endeavor and luck but a lazy man's dream. And I obviously like that poem and I, you know, it burned in my brain. And, mm. and so as we were plowing those early years in the business, that poem would come to mind as, life's good things come from hard pounding. Let's just, you know, take, take the, pound, the pounding, you know. And um, success is the bride of endeavor and luck but a lazy man's dream, that, you know. And so at a certain point we tried to figure out, but it was, there was no attribution on the poem, mm. <clears throat> on the wall. And so at a certain point, we started trying to figure out who wrote this poem. And after long, after a long time, we discovered it was written by a guy called, uh, a guy called uh, uh, John Trotwood Moore. John Trotwood Moore, who was, anyway, he was a state librarian and historian of Tennessee at the turn of the last century, you know, like the 19 teens. Mm. And he, uh, he wrote the whole poem. And I'll, uh, there's a few other, you know, kind of verses, but the, the last verse of the poem says, the time to succeed is when others, discouraged, show traces of tire. The battle is fought in the home stretch and won twixt the flag and the wire. Mm. And that's a, it's an old horse racing reference. So the flag started the race and then, and then the judges would sit up and watch the wire, the finish line. Wow. And that's where we get like, you know, old gray, ma old, old gray mare by a nose <laughs> because somebody's watching old gray mare mm. and, and uh, watching her nose go across the... The, the finished line. So that's where my name came from. Interesting. Again, wow. there are many more details. Did we said, where are you? Well, oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Where, where, where are we? We are in, <laughs> we are in, we are in McMinnville. Well, right now we're in my roasting room, yes. which is located at 755 Northeast Alpine Avenue in McMinnville. We're in McMinnville's granary district. Wow. I love the, I like the, 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 the depth behind the name. And I was reading a, I think it was, I don't know if you had written it or if it was someone else, but there was a blog post that I was reading from many moons ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was 2014, maybe. I don't know. But um, you had mentioned some stuff in there about like the importance of your family and, and people. Yes. Um, how does that factor into kind of like your day to day here? Yeah. Well, okay. So I have, I'll, I'll reference this moment, this kit, I call it my kitchen floor moment. It was early on in Chrysalis Coffee House, mm. which is, again, sorry for all the different names, but it was, you know, it was about, it was 2000, it was the winter of 2014. We were living an hour away at that time. We were living in Corvallis. We live close now, but we were living at that time in Corvallis. And my kids today are 10, 7, and 6. But at that time, five years ago, four and a half years ago, they were <laughs> do, do the math backwards. <laughs> the math, yeah. We had little bitty kids, a couple of them in diapers. Mm. And those are tough years if you have kids or if you, you yeah. know, those are just like, those are hard. Those are hard times. We, it, was the, it was the first winter we were open and we were not making any money. And that was very difficult. Obviously, that's difficult. People say that money can't buy happiness, but that's not strictly true. <laughs> Right. <laughs> a lack of money can buy hardship <laughs> well, well, well. so um, anyway that what what would end up happening a lot of times many times through that winter we couldn't afford to pay anybody else so every day for the first 65 days of 2014 I worked a, a full shift here at the coffee shop which means I'd get up at oh dark 30 and drive an hour to get here and then do my thing and then clean wow. up at the end and then drive back and, by the, and, I, and I got back just in time to sort of like, we used to call it crazy hour. It was oh. with kids. You know what I mean? You get, to, you get to crazy hour. You know that hour where it's just like, man, everybody's tired. Right here. You got one of your kids. <laughs> crazy hour's coming. Crazy hour's <laughs> right. Quick, quick, short. <laughs> so, um, 
you know, we get home and the kids are nutty and, and whatever. And we use, for the coffee shop we still use, and at that time we used Square Register, mm. which means my wife, who's a glutton for punishment, could open up her telephone or her computer at any time of the day and see exactly how poorly we were doing. Ooh, she oh would wow. have an exact number oh. for how much we were not doing. And so it was one of those days where we had done a pitiful amount of revenue and I get home and it's been hard and it was the it was winter. My wife is a Canadian girl, so she's she grew up in bright, crisp, cold, snowy winters. And so, you know, gray, muddy Oregon winters are you know not always the most fun. So all of these factors are compounding. I get home and she's crying, she's sitting on the kitchen floor crying. And I sit down on the kitchen floor and I'm crying. And she says, she goes, are you even... Are you even passionate about coffee anymore? Mm. And I'm like, and I, you know, it took me a while. That descended on me mm. because I had, especially up until that point, but still, I had felt this high level of pressure to be as, as passionate about and like, I want to be a cool kid, you know? <laughs> I really want to be somebody in this industry. I want to be somebody in my life. Mm. And this industry is where I find my life. And... Um, and in order to do that, I look at people, this is called comparative living and it's dangerous and I don't recommend it, but I look at people, cool kids in Portland who don't have wives or children or responsibilities, mm. you know, and <laughs> look at, look at the way I perceive they are interacting with the coffee industry. So, and want that, you know, I wanted yeah. that. And I just realized it just like I said, it descended on me. Are you even passionate about coffee? It way it sort of in waves it hit me that no I am not passionate about coffee because coffee is a dumb thing to be passionate about in the truest mm. strictest sense mm -hmm. I am from the outside looking in I think a lot of people would probably see me as being pretty passionate about coffee I yeah. certainly love this industry and I like doing it and I love the people and I love the equipment and uh, and I'm excited to be in this business but really we are in the um we're in, ultimately, we are in the, we, it sounds silly, but we are in the loved and cared for business. Mm. And we have what we call the loved and cared for filter. And so I try to look at every decision and I don't, and I fail pretty regularly. I fail on the reg, but I try to look at every decision from what coffees we buy to how we, you know, to how we do our thing up front in the coffee shop and, you know, just all of the things and, and go, do people feel loved and cared for? Will people feel yeah. loved and cared for? We have a very high value on people feeling loved and cared for. Mm -hmm. So, like I say, I fail at that. I get selfish and I get greedy. I get money hungry. And then I recognize, I mean, this happens regularly. This happens all the time. I have to check and I, I, I kind of pull back within myself and I go, wait a minute. Are people feeling loved and cared for? Yeah. You know, because ultimately, that is what we, that's what we are motivated by mm -hmm. and possibly in my opinion possibly more importantly that's what we want to be motivated by so yeah. that's the that's what that's you know what i mean in the areas where we are not disciplined in that area we want to get there so mm. so so after that kitchen floor moment it became less honestly this sounds crazy it became less about the coffee mm. and then the coffee got better well and that was going to be my question was was it hard to make a change because being in a place where you know you want it to be successful yeah. And then to focus on people instead of coffee, did that, was that scary at first? Like, was that kind of like a, you felt like you're shifting away from where you should be focusing? Yeah. Or? So I alluded a minute ago, one of the first shots we'd pulled was, the, yeah. was that red tail, that old blend. And one of the first things I did after that kitchen floor moment is I quit blending altogether. Hmm. I just quit it. Mm -hmm. I felt like 
I had some good relationships with some importers. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, I, and this sounds obvious, but I felt like I know how my machine works, my roasting machine, which is different than a lot of people's machines. Mm -hmm. And I know what I like to put in my mouth in a cup of coffee. I know what I like to taste. So, and, and I seem to be doing pretty well with my single origins. People yeah. are happy with that. People mm -hmm. were happy at that time, you know. They still are. Hopefully, but <laughs> at that time, I'm, I'm reflecting. I'm saying people are happy with that. With the blends, we did not at that time have a very robust hmm. wholesale business. Yeah. And that's where a lot of times, you know, a lot of times wholesale customers, larger wholesale customers, they're looking for, they're valuing consistency where I'm valuing adventure. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And mm -hmm. to be able to really address those needs, you need to blend well. We were not very, I was not very good at blending. Then over time, it would have been uh, some time later that I got my Q graders license. Yeah. And as soon as I got my Q graders license, I bought a sample roaster, my first sample roaster, and it was when I got my sample roaster that we started, you know, playing around what blending. What was your first again. sample roaster? My first sample roaster is the sample roaster that's sitting right over there, which yeah. is a Quest M3. M3, okay. It's a Quest M3. It's not. I love that little guy, and we've been through a lot together. And I <laughs> uh, and I wouldn't bite the hand that has fed me. I am. Um, ready for a something for, for something a little different mm -hmm. i'm ready yeah. for something a little different one of the things that is frustrating about that roaster is that it operates so differently it's very difficult for me to translate what i'm seeing and feeling off of that roaster yes. to then move to production mm -hmm. Hmm. so it's fine for for instance q grading mm -hmm. when i get a q a sample to q grade from the sca or, or whatever mm -hmm. or when i get samples from a grower that is interested or curious and it's great mm -hmm. or for our own internal we have what we call the sensory program. Every Thursday afternoon, we do a, it's the, it's our internal sort of, where it's not always just cuppings, but it's often cupping. So it's great for that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It can be difficult to translate onto my production roaster. But anyway. Sorry, yeah. I about it. Like no, that's well. okay. No. Yeah. So, so, so the coffee, the, I quit blending and then, uh, and then over time, now we have three blends. Today we have three blends. In fact, the third one kind of just came online and did you blend these yes these are things yeah. that i've worked on these yeah. for a long time and it's mm -hmm. been and it's tricky it really is i know what you're talking you about. know what know. you know <laughs> and it's tempting yes. as uh if this is one of those loved and cared for things this is one of those loved and cared for points because i'm going to say something that might not be very maybe you'll want to edit this out <laughs> um we interact with a lot of Un, uh, maybe cu customers, wholesale clients who are maybe not as sophisticated, mm -hmm. don't don't always have the most mm -hmm. sophisticated palates. So what I mean by that is, I have customers that I could pull one over on. <laughs> right. I have customers yeah. that I could I could pull one over on them. Yeah. They're not tasting it that closely, yeah. mm -hmm. and they don't. You know, I could buy something cheaper, or I could do less, or you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and uh, and get away with it, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. I'm using yeah. air quotes. For the, for the for the audio, <laughs> um, but I don't. You know, that's one of those things. It's just like, well, will people feel loved and cared for if I buy bad coffee and overcharge them for it? No, and will they will you not. Love yourself? And will I? That's right. Well, I love myself, and and the answer is no, obviously. Mm. And so that's something that we said no to, just as a matter of you know, that's in our values, that's in our corporate values, that's something we said no to pretty obviously very early on, and um, so. No, so now we don't do that. But that has necessitated a very slow march on blends, mm. on blending. So the first thing we, we released was, a, was, a, was, was called Benevolence. Mm -hmm. And the second one that we released was a lighter roasted blend that we, we like on espresso. We call it Life's Good Things. And then mm. we, just re we just released a darker roasted coffee called Road Trip. 
So, and honestly, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I don't see myself developing any more blends, at mm -hmm. least not mm -hmm. right away. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, this is an oversimplification on some levels, but I kind of got a dark, medium, and light here. It makes, if it works, yeah. I kind of got a dark, medium, and light mm -hmm. here. And, um, you know, we're trying to, in terms of how we blend, how we roast, the coffees we bring in, uh, we don't custom roast for customers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, if there's a need, then mm -hmm. we'll... Yeah. Then we'll address the need. Yeah. But until then, um, yeah. I think that simplicity is the way to go rather than <clears throat> overdo it. I mean, you're just trying to use. You know, like I, I think of like if you go to a restaurant and they have like ten pages of yeah food. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no way they do all ten pages of food well. Right. Yeah. And so if you can simplify and say, hey, here's what we do well, then that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, and we we I think there's a high level again. I, I am young-ish still. I still feel young in the you business. Are. Thank you. Are. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but I, and I feel insecure sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, am I making, am I doing this right? You know, but I just find that the best option that we always do best when we kind of close our eyes and, and go, which way are we going? You know, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Which, which way? And so for, so right now we run, I, I think there's a high temptation. There's a high level of temptation to do my importer, uh, my importer calls it puffer fish, puffer fish syndrome <laughs> or whatever, which basically, you know, it is what it sounds like. Like I want to pretend that I'm Starbucks or pretend that I'm Caravan or pretend that yeah. I'm Stumptown or something yeah. else. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, those, those are all companies that are awesome in their own right, doing their thing, but they're not flag and wire. No. And I'm going yeah. to be awesome in some unique yes. niche way. Yeah. And it, then the more time I spend being nervous about how much not Stumptown I am, the less flag and wire I am, if that kind of makes mm, sense. Yeah, so for us, it's like, you know, we run five to five to seven, but generally more like five or eight or six single mm. origin coffees. And now our three, our three blends. And that's it. Mm. Yeah. That's, and that's what we do. And that's what I see us doing into the future because we're doing okay. What would be one of your favorite, you sounds like you got five or seven this single origin. Mm -hmm. What would be one of your favorite? Uh, this is a hard question to ask the Roy. Very hard. Yeah. Which one? Which which of your favorite? Which of your children is your favorite, Paul? Ooh, <laughs> well, Reed. Obviously. No. <laughs> My favorite son is Reed. My favorite daughter is Olivia. Ah, that's oh, that's very good. Very cheating. Good. <laughs> um, well, I personally what at the moment, yes. in the last hour. Oh well, I I'm very excited about our Ethiopian okay. coffees, and I'm not sure is will will the McIntyre interview come out before mine? Yes. Probably. Yes. Probably. Okay. So we we buy all of our Ethiopian coffees mm. from Catalyst. Yeah. And so We're I have a, same. I have a, yeah. And so we have a, the, a, a natural Ethiopian that I think just landed and it cleared customs. I just got word it's on its way to the warehouse. So hopefully it will be here within the next week. We just That's the exciting. Same, same I just word. heard the good news yeah. of yourselves. <laughs> and so I'm very much looking forward to that. That was the, that was the uh, Benza Chantawain. No, Chanta, Chantawain, Chantawain. Yeah. I'm a little hazy on. Uh, I always say that to Mike. He yeah. always sees it this flowery way. I know, I, I know. And... Well, it was, we had it last year and it was amazing. Oh, and that's good. You know, yeah. That's a lot of what I, uh, and I, and those are the coffees that I tend to enjoy i definitely am a naturals guy we love oh, okay. natties around yeah. here yeah. of the five to seven definitely more than half are naturals at any given time okay. and our blends are all natural heavy okay and so um that's something that we do i like roasting naturals and i like drinking naturals and what do you like about natural what's the is there a component a flavor a body of this what do you like about natural I guess you're comparing it to wet or semi-pulped. I'm, I'm generally I'm generally comparing it to wet and semi-pulped, and part of this is a sophistication within myself. I mean, I am a licensed Q grader, but there's a That's lot right. of times in my own self where it's like, I um I really value honesty, mm -hmm. 
with my friends and with my employees and I really and I really value honesty in myself and so there's a lot of times where it's like um I'm not able to discern what I like best on some levels you know mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that I don't know if that makes yeah, sense yeah, yeah. um there's a lot of this business that is that is you kind of you kind of make a gut decision and then analyze it afterwards that's what I do and so we we end up gutturally going for a lot of naturals. It's really cool because as we develop relationships with our importers, yes. they yes. know what we like, yeah. and we start get like mm. a higher percentage of the samples that we get start to key in. Yeah. I'm yeah. having to do a lot less cupping mm-hmm. than I used to do to find the same. So mm. what I love about naturals, generally speaking, is is their complexity. I love mm. that there's all kinds of funky stuff going on yeah. in there uh, a lot of the time. So. That's not a universal truth, for sure. Mm. And as our business grows, there certainly is more call for uh, certainly cleaner coffees, so, uh, more washed process coffees. Yeah. Um, you know, again, that's one of those things that we we take as we come. The more the more the more poundage we sell, the more. But um, speaking to that, that so there there are some customers. I said something nasty, which is that I have some customers that are that you know that we all have customers that are that that maybe not have the most sophisticated palates. It also gives you an opportunity to recognize that um, something important here at Flag and Wire is that we don't. One thing we don't do is go sell an account, for instance, on our quality. Mm. We're not gonna. I mean, I mean, we'll tell you that it's great quality, but it just feels like, man, this is not 1997. It's there's no there's not a whole lot of point in me saying. We only buy high quality Arabica beans. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, you and every other roaster in the Pacific <laughs> Northwest buy high quality Arabica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we're all starting from a unique. Uh, we're all starting from a. We're all start. Quality is a given, mm-hmm. and then we build from there. So for us, it's just like you know what we love these naturals. Mm-hmm. We love what we're able to do with blending with mm-hmm. natural coffees. Mm-hmm. We use a lot of natural Brazil. We use a lot of. Uh, uh, we, we use a lot of natural Harar mm-hmm. in our blending. Two and, of my favorites, Brazil natural and Harar natural. I think that's great. Yeah. And uh, and then, uh, anyway, and this will be good. You mentioned Q grading and yeah. lots of oh, other things. Yes. Like the, I remember, Dad, when you were studying and working towards that, I was like, this is, this is incredibly heavy advanced. Yeah. yeah. So what got you into... Maybe this is a larger question, but like yeah. roasting and then specifying into like getting really like deep into Q grading, that kind of stuff. What what was your like how did you get into that side of the coffee industry? Yeah, so I What is a Q grader for you, just in case someone doesn't know quite Okay. So I don't if people have basically Q grader uh, Q grading is this is going to be stressful for me to describe it yes. in, in front for? of you. Q oh. stands for quality. Q stands for it's quality grading. Really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's quality grading. Yeah, when people ask me about cupping, for instance, I say it's a mm. uh, it's a uh, semi it's a semi uh, a semi consistent system of sensory analysis. Yeah. We're trying That's, to speak the same I like language. That. We're trying. We're trying. Ultimately, we're trying to. Ultimately, we're trying to speak the same language about yeah. a particular coffee. I like that. Yeah, and, and it would be best if. Uh, you know, uh, uh, a person in Indonesia and a person in Kenya and a person in Oregon could all be having the same perceptions based on their language, mm. the language that we speak in this case about coffee. So that's what that's kind of really, really a nutshell version mm. of what key rating is. Yeah. yeah. And so there is some there is some uh, ultimately when you get your license, it's a it's a whole program of 
a high level program of calibration. Mm -hmm. And then every three years after you've got that initial license, you go back for calibration. And calibration just means you get in a room with a bunch of other Q graders and you all taste coffee and you go, well, I'm tasting like this and I'm tasting like, you know, it's, mm. I mean, it's a little bit more advanced than that. <laughs> so the, so that's the Q system. Yeah. And, and how did, like, what, what yeah. drew you into kind of going deeper into coffee in that, in I mean, that route? There? I'm going to be very honest with you. Yeah. Almost until, until about 2015, which is when we rebranded and became Flag and & Wire. Mm. And this is all a, a result of that kitchen floor moment. Yeah. The kitchen floor moment trickled down and became us rebranding, and it became wow. us taking our business foundations more seriously. But until that time, almost everything happened on accident. Hmm. Let, me tell you, let me tell you something fun. I was a wayward youth making poor choices with my life. And my parents rightly kicked me off the farm where I grew up. And I slept in my car briefly and bounced around a little bit. And I ended up with a family. Like I said before, I ended up with a family and he was a hobby roaster. That's hmm. how I ended up drinking coffee in the first place wow. and engaging with coffee roasting. Then later on, I worked with him in and out, back and forth, whatever. We moved. We were in Brownsville, Oregon at that time. And then eventually we moved to Portland. Hmm. We did that. Eventually, uh, I became a building contractor because... Because on accident, you know, really, like, <laughs> I needed to make some money. So I was a building contractor. And then 2008 happened, and the bottom dropped out of that. And I accidentally, I literally almost accidentally started this coffee shop with some friends. Some other people mm. had money, and I had availability, and I didn't have any work, any construction work. So I accidentally opened a coffee shop. Mm. And then my wife, who I already mentioned is a Canadian, uh, in 2009, we drove up for Mother's Day of 2009 to Canada to visit her family. We switched off our phones because we didn't have international phones at that time. Switched off our phones and threw them in the glove box and did our thing in BC. And then we came back across the border on Monday after Mother's Day in 2009. Mm -hmm. And I had accidentally owned Mud River Coffee Roasting. I mean, literally, <laughs> these, uh, these, these men, these mentors of mine, friends of mine, older guys, one guy who, you know, my old friend who owned the company, and another old friend who, older guy who loves me and, you know, loved my wife and I and cared for us, you know, they had basically brokered the deal, and all that was left to me to do was to sort of say yes and come up with a little bit of money. It wasn't even, you know, at that time very much money. Wow. So we accidentally became coffee roasters, and then... I accidentally found myself in China in 2012, wow. and I was training some baristas who were getting ready to, to they, were, they were opening a, a couple of coffee shops. Hmm. In China, opening in them in China. China. They were opening them in China. I was in, I was in Beijing briefly, and then I was in a town called, I was in a town called Xi'an, wow. which, is a, which is a university town. And so there was 20 million people there, and you know, like 30 million of them were college students. That's the kind of town it was. <laughs> it was a huge city. And many, many different, many varied types of universities. And I trained the, these baristas for, uh, I don't know, like a number of days, more than a week, a couple, mm. you know, almost two weeks. And then at that time, they said, oh, there's these, uh, there's these Americans that are roasting out in a town called Xining, which is on, it's not in the province of Tibet. Mm. But if you look at China, it's on the, the Tibetan plateau kind of circles around and it's on the, it's on the very edge of the Tibetan plateau kind of. Huh. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so 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 west I flew. I got on an airplane and I flew out to a town called Xining, and I met some guys out there that were running a company called called Greenhouse. And one guy from it was one guy from Arkansas and one guy from Mexico in Texas. I mean, he was born in Mexico and then raised in Texas. Wow. And so I accidentally connected with these guys, and then and then and then this guy 
this this guy from Arkansas was running a he's a Q grader trainer and he was running a Q grader <laughs> training in LA and he said why don't you come down and become a Q grader so I made my way to LA and became a Q grader and that is the story of me accidentally developing in this industry yeah and that's all that's kind of cute that's kind of a cute story that's kind of funny and like I see you grinning and you know <laughs> it's a fun it's a fun way to like bounce 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 but the reality is then you you move forward in your life and your career that way and then you have that kitchen floor moment and you realize you know what am I doing why am I doing it where are we going I don't have a vision I don't have a plan and that's dangerous because I'm kind of a visionary like like internally I'm kind of a visionary guy and it's a pretty dangerous thing when you're not operating in your strengths when you're not able to operate in your strengths in your life so I was a visionary person without a vision yeah. and <clears throat> that's dangerous yeah, you know it's scary it's depressing mm-hmm. I mean you, you you sort of dance on the edge of depression and, mm-hmm. and it's hard so yeah. that kitchen floor moment I, I, I will keep referring to that you know I've yeah. mentioned it we've talked about it before I think about it a lot it still filters my decisions it's mm. it still is you know it's it's where when you look at a lot of who we are and what we do and how we do it why we do it it kind of it kind of trickles back yeah certainly to that time in our lives that that event and the time surrounding that event in our lives mm. so you know like i said after that that's when we got serious not mm. only about coffee and why are we choosing the coffees we're choosing? Why are we blending at all? Let's stop blending. Mm-hmm. Why are we called Mud River? What are we communicating to our customers? Mm. And it's, that's, that's, it seems like such, I mean, it is such a pivotal point in what you guys have been doing and where you've been going. It's totally pivotal. One of the things I was, I was there was something else you had written that yeah. I was reading. Hit me. And I was, I, I was, it was so good. I, I, you were, you were, it was something about you were sharing your feelings on running a coffee business for like, a certain amount of time or something. And one of the things you had talked about was kind of the discouragement you had had of things not taking off mm-hmm. as quickly as you had wanted. Yeah. And it was, it's, it was, it was really cool to read that and then come in here today and see, you know, you're still at it, you're still doing it and it's, it's progressing, it's going. But one of my, one of my questions is like, having gone through that, what is your, like if someone else is thinking of starting a coffee shop or maybe they're, in that that's close to that similar spot what is like some of your advice for that like uh, that's kind of I guess a big yeah. question but when when if someone else was in that what would be your advice for that situation for those people if someone else was in a situation like ours like if they were I guess if they start a coffee shop and they find it's not progressing as they would like yeah and they kind of feel that discouragement what what was really helpful for you I mean it sounds like kind of that rearranging of priorities and just focusing on like the people like yeah. you said I mean, when you read books about entrepreneurship, Mm. I have felt like the worst. I don't know if I can even call myself an entrepreneur (laughs) because when you read about entrepreneurs, it's like, man, I had a vision and I started selling Tootsie Pops in the third grade. (laughs) And I started, I started my first, you know, I read this Tony Shea book, this, the guy who started Zappos, Mm. this Tony Shea book. And I'm just like, goodness gracious, (laughs) I am, this guy made more money in in the fourth grade than I have made yet in my business, you know? (laughs) And, and... I, I think it's different when I, because nowadays mm. I am at least perceived as if I've got some of my crap together, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so nowadays I'm starting to get a lot of that actually. A mm. lot of people, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Right. I don't know if that happens with you guys or whatever. I'm, I'm thinking about doing a lot of that or I'm thinking about doing this thing or building that or whatever. And so it's interesting to be able to address individual people. I know it doesn't seem like it, mm. but I'm a little bit empathetic. I really care about... Mm 
what people are thinking, mm-hmm. and and I want to grow in empathy. That's I have a high, yeah. I want I want that. So when I when people talk about that, when I when I when people address me on it, I'm not a big uh, you know anti-business evangelist. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Don't do it. <laughs> but I do really value the opportunity to look somebody in the eye and go, okay, well, what kind of person are you? Mm. And and um, there are a lot. There are a number of people who are just like, and you will not like this. This will not. You know, as as we start digesting mm. what they're wanting to do, because it is a business, right? And it's hard. It's a little tricky. And this is a pretty saturated business. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I alluded before, quality is a given. It's like showing up and doing good work and buying good beans is not enough. Mm. You know, and taking green ones and turning them brown is not enough. There is more to it. There's more to roasting than that, and there's more to mar- You know, so. I'm not, I don't know if I'm answering your question. No, I'm not. I'm not really answering your question, but, but I, I take those conversations on a case by case basis for us, for us, what I'm recognizing is, you know, we grew up, um, planning. Mm. I t- Kim and I talk about it a lot. Uh, we have a planning problem. Mm. Um, we didn't grow up planning very well. Mm. Both of our parents, both of our sets of parents who probably won't listen to us, but if they do, I do love them very much. But neither set is particularly planning oriented all mm. through our childhood. And I, and I don't think that would be surprised to hear me say that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so for us, it's like we look around at our lives. Every time we have, we have applied ourselves to opening our eyes spiritually, literally, physically, metaphorically, whatever. Every time we've applied ourselves and made a plan it goes well. Those mm. things, those things go well. And then there's an element of it. That's like, uh, that I'm a, I'm a, I am a plower, you know, I'm a, I just love finding traction. Mm. And the, the times when I, I struggle the most as a business owner is when it feels like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I call it business paralysis where it's like, <laughs> where it's like, I'm trapped, I'm trapped. And I, I know there's something I'm supposed to be doing, but I don't know what it is. And I, you know what I mean? And I feel like yeah. a loser and I feel like, you know, whatever. So there's mm-hmm. a, but there's a, but there's a high to get into any business like this kind of, especially a business like this where with a high saturation point mm-hmm. in this community, you know, the specific Northwest community, mm-hmm. it takes an element of like, of, of, de- of, of determination that I think a lot of people don't understand mm-hmm. or recognize. And I'm thinking of one, one company in particular who, who just like, they are, they are now going out of business and it's like, I'm watching it happen. Mm. And I'm so sad about it, mm. and it and it didn't have to be that way. Yeah. But but in the end, they were not prepared to aggressively engage mm. and aggressively work through the not cool parts. Right. It's so tempting to think of specialty coffee and mm. you know through a lens of kind of like you were saying earlier about the, the cool people in Portland. Yeah. Like you can look at it through that lens and yeah. see like, how can it be that every day? But there is so much, there's the daily grind of yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. And can you, and can you but, make money? Can yeah. you, can you make money? Are you doing what it takes? Are you being smart about, are you, are you being smart about what it takes to actually make money? You know, mm-hmm. one, one, one strategy that I see that's, that I feel like is dangerous is, is undercutting the competition with, with low, low, low pricing. Oh. And it's like, man, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna run yourself out of business, and that <laughs> right. stinks because it could be something beautiful, you know. What you're yeah. trying to do could be something so cool, but because you're committed to that four dollar a pound coffee, 
<laughs> wholesale pound, uh, it's going to be really, really rough. So. Yeah. No, yeah, it's I'm, beautiful. I love being aggressively real mm. with people when they're talking about com- when they're talking about starting something like this. Yeah. yeah. But I also am not discouraging. Right. You yeah. know, because I got a few, I got a little bit of that when I, when we were first starting too. Oh, don't do it! Don't do it! Oh. It's like, well, give me more than that. You know. Right. And and one thing that I love to tell people is, we 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 quote these statistics about. Uh, you know, 80% of businesses fail in the first two years or whatever it is. And then of those, you know, whatever, like it's these terrible attrition statistics. Mm. And I like to say, like there, God is not standing somewhere throwing a dart and choosing the ones that are going to make it. You know, these are not, these, these businesses that make it are not chosen at random. Right. It's, it's businesses. It, it comes down to thinking things through Mm -hmm. planning, being properly capitalized, yeah. Well, you know? and from owning or working at Mud Rivers, how long from when that started till now? What? How long has that process been? From well, we it's been almost ten years. It'll so, be ten years now. It'll be, we're, we're nine years. June yeah. June of okay. ni- of twenty nineteen, hmm. we will have owned our company for ten years. And so that's ten years of hard work, patience, determination, failure, exactly. Discouragement. Yeah. Yeah. Discouragement. Yeah. And picking so yourself up. It's not like I, I sometimes I I think oh you could open, you know it'd be cool to open a coffee shop and I I fail to often think about the side of it that's not the visibly cool side, but like there is a lot of work that goes into it and patience and time. And it is cool. Yeah. And it is fun. And my heart would be, you know, for instance, if, if my new friend Reed was starting a (laughs) coffee shop, it's like, man, I would love to boost you. I would love Mm. to like do this. Don't do that. You know, not to, not to boss anybody around or whatever, but it just feels like, man, we can, Mm. we can benefit from one another's experiences. So anyway, so I'm a practical aspect of all that. Monday morning, I, what, you're open every day of the week? At the coffee shop, we coffee are shop. open every day of the week, yes. And the roastery part, roasting, that's open? Well, I mean, the roastery is not open at all no, no, to the public. When you roast. When I, I roast on Mondays, Tuesdays, and sometimes Thursdays. Okay, yeah. So, so. My question yeah, coming question? from here is, therefore, like, for instance, Monday morning, yeah. what do you enjoy? What, what do you look forward to? You get out of bed, you, whatever you do. But you get to work and go, this part I like, whatever. Yeah. This, what's this part? Well, my favorite part of my work, one, 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 one struggle I have is that we are, in the, in, on the retail side, we really have done a good job of diversifying responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I am pretty much still the guy on the wholesale side. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff. But what, the thing I love doing, obviously, the thing I love doing the most, mm-hmm. I love doing delivery routes. I love doing the delivery route and I love connecting with my customers, mm-hmm. with my wholesale customers. I, and this is going to sound wacky, I could never roast another coffee bean again for the rest of my life and I would be just fine. Yeah. 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 And, and, no, that maybe, that, that said, maybe I, would feel <laughs> maybe I would feel differently a month later. Well, I kind of might want to get behind the roaster again. But the point, my, my point is that I'm definitely like, I, I love interacting with people. It's one of my, it's one of my sadnesses you know, we have a, we have a staff member who's in France right now, touring around France, and so I filled in for her two shifts last week mm-hmm. in the cafe, and it was my first two shifts of 2018, and it was it was it's the first two shifts I've worked up there, and it was a mixture of 
man, this is a lot harder than it used to be <laughs> because we do a lot more business now than when I was working up there a lot. And the other side of it was, man, I miss this, you know. Mm. And it was hard because, uh, you know, when we first opened, I knew everybody. You know, yeah. we had fewer customers and I knew all of them. Yes. And there was lots of times I can remember, I'm thinking of some customers that were like, man, I, I, I used to have the time to sit with you for an hour and chit chat in the morning, which Whoa. is insane, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I did it, you know, so, when, and, and those were special times to me, mm -hmm. special times, Good special man. relationships. Now we don't have that kind of time anymore in the mornings. We got to, we got to keep on, especially in the mornings, but in the afternoons too, we got to keep on moving, you know, mm -hmm. and I worked my two shifts and it was like, oh, I know a third of these people or I recognize a third yeah, of these people, wow. which, you know, so anyway, that's on the retail, on the retail side. What I love the most about it's my good. work these days is, you know, going, going and, and visiting with, with customers. Wow. How yeah. long does it take to do a delivery route? I do two routes now. Yes. I have a little, I'm very excited. I have a, I have a little transit connect Ooh. that we use for a for a delivery. <laughs> this is like the Ford, the Ford, van, the yeah, tall delivery, kinda. yeah, yeah, squatty tall thing, yeah, a little deliver, a little Euro rig, and that's kind of cool. If I put everything, I can't fit. We just got it a little, a little less than a year ago, and and at this point, I mean, later, probably next week, I'm going to go shop for its big brother, the transit, the full size transit van. Wow. Because I have to do two loops. It, a few weeks ago, I, I I had to get everything. I had to do everything at once. I had to deliver everybody oh, at once. And it was work. like I was rubbing butter down the sides of the delivery <laughs> totes at the end to sort of like shoehorn them into yeah. the vehicle. You know, it was like, wow. You do. Which feels, which feels kind of nice, you know, yeah. to need a bigger, a little bigger rig. The reality is right now I do a north, I, I kind of do a north route and a south route. And it's what? Five hours, two days. What is it? It's all of Wednesday. All of Wednesday, wow. wow. Yeah, it's usually all of Wednesday. Great. Um, Great. Sometimes I'll sneak a couple of local accounts in on Tuesday just to sort of, you know, Shorten the lighten the load. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, 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 some nearby accounts and stuff. But Wow. Hmm. And what, there's so many good things. And I think what you're saying about the routes is that really ties back to that element you talked about, the kitchen floor element, and then transitioning to focusing on people and mm -hmm. how are people doing. And I think that that's such a, it's a really, I, I like that mentality. It's like, it's not what I think of first when I think of, you know, coffee shops, that kind yeah. of stuff, which is, maybe that's bad on my part, but um, that's that's really cool. I, I love the depth of that and the thought that goes into a lot of, you know, even the name of your company is has got a lot of thought and meaning behind it, which yeah. is beautiful. Um, what is, if, if, if I, if we go, if you go to someone, someone says flag and wire, what's, what is the like? What's a what's the one thing you want people to know about Flag and Wire? And maybe that's not a you may have answered. It yeah, I mean so you've really kind of well, said I mean, all I mean, of that, but I mean, I guess if I get, I mean, there's what I want. I ultimately I want people to feel loved and cared for. I really do. Wow. Yeah, I yeah. want people to, I want people to enjoy the the coffee that they're drinking. I yeah. want people to like what's in their cup, and I want them to interact with people. And, and staffing is hard, you know, mm -hmm. it's hard to find, you know, great, we have consistently found great folks, but it's hard to find people who are going to communicate love and care. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and sometimes, and that means different things to different people. But, uh, um, ultimately, I mean, I, I am over the moon with my baristas and my, mm -hmm. my front staff's ability to communicate that subtly and quietly and in their own way. Yeah. This is not a party line. This is not a company message that mm. they are delivering consistently. This is, I think, 
us finding good partners to work with, good employees to work with, and then them being released to show people love and care. So anyway, that's what I would want. That's ultimately, there are many other things that I want people right. to know about my company and many other facets of us and doing business with us, but ultimately wholesale and retail, that's that's one of the things. I mean, we, we, we approach our wholesale and retail business very differently. We strategize differently. Those customer sets need different things from us. And so we look at it very separately. But one one of the umbrella things, one of the things that is consistent throughout every interaction, including online, for instance, yeah. how do I show love and care for somebody who bought a coffee yeah. on my on the internet? It's, you know, it's, yeah, and, and, and it's like, problem. well, it's hard. It's hard. How do I show love and care for a wholesale account when I walk in the back door and they're slammed and they don't have time to talk to me and they don't have time to chat with me and they don't want me to, you know, hang out and shoot the breeze? Yeah. How do I show them love and care? And there mm -hmm. is a way. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big part of what I enjoy about my job. A big part of what I would, a big part of my, what I enjoy about my job is like trying, trying to suss out. Mm -hmm. How do I love you? How do I care for you? Yeah. And uh, that's what I want people to know. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and and what and uh, you mentioned the address at the very beginning. I've already forgotten, and I apologize. Okay. I'll put it in the notes as well. No, no, but no. Uh, what? Where can people find you? Find what you're doing. Where's the best place for the, or places for them to go? Okay, so Instagram. I'm Nick Walton, and we are Flag and Wire. And uh, in our our business name is Flag Ampersand Wire. Flag and Wire, you know. But uh, online stuff, you're you're looking at A and D because you can't do ampersands and that stuff. So it's right. so it's Flag A and D Wire. Uh, at uh, Instagram and then Facebook we uh, we don't do we're not very active on Facebook that's great for finding information hours and telephone and communication information we are very responsive on Facebook so yeah and then uh, and then where we can where you can find us physically is in McMinnville's Alpine uh, or on Alpine I should say in McMinnville's Granary District so our, our address is 755 Northeast Alpine Avenue that's awesome well thank you so much for coming on the show thank and thank you so much for yeah. Spending time with us to sitting this down. This is my first podcast. I'm honored. Oh, this is so you know what? Fun. I was at work today, and I was I was sitting at work, and I was a, I was having a hard time working because I was like, I'm really excited because not only is the weekend starting, that wasn't what I was excited. About. I was excited. To, <laughs> I was excited to come see Nick, and I had never met you before. Sure. I was like, oh, I've probably talked awesome. about him before. And I heard a lot of good things. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah, such. Yeah, yeah. That's so nice to hear because because uh, I'll say this, and this will be my. This will be my closing statement. This will be my closing affirmation of, of Bean Stuff and Paul in particular. I love you. Hello. And I see you as someone. I think that this industry is tricky. One of the things I've had a hard time with is things can get secretive and things can get guarded. Mm. And it's just, and, and, uh, and I understand that on some levels. And I understand that, you know. I'm not asking anybody to open the books for me, <laughs> but uh, it, I I want to in my life. This is my person. Is me personal. I want to love and care for people. I want to be an advocate for people, and I want to, like I said, I I really genuinely want to boost people right. whenever I can and wherever I can. And I feel Paul, mm -hmm. and I feel this way because of, and I have good evidence for this. I have I have I have I have a I have experiences. I feel like you're somebody that, as a younger roaster. I feel like you're somebody that I can go to and that you're not going to be weird with your business. And if, I, <laughs> if I share something with you about my life or about my business or something I'm frustrated with, you're not going to, you know, uh, be weird or whatever. I just appreciate you and I love you and I'm, I'm, well, I'm honored you. that you. you like me. So. <laughs> it's, it's not hard. Okay. <laughs> well, that I think wraps up our episode for this week. So again, Nick, thank you so yeah. much for joining us. We're so honored to have you. 